Hey guys, Jack here. Hope you've all had a wonderful week. Thank you for tuning in to Just Hands. Uh, remember to check out our website, JustHandsPoker.com. There we have a bunch of awesome content, an extensive blog, uh, which includes a weekly podcast breakdown where we used we use software to analyze the hand much more in depth, actually, than we get into in the episode, and with a little bit more precision. Uh, very worth checking out. Hope to see you guys there. And again, thank you for tuning in, and enjoy this week's episode. Hey, Jack. Hey, Zach. It's like we're back, back at live at the bike. Another hand from the the session to discuss. Yeah, another Jack Luff's hand. I do sometimes value bet. It just feels like all oh, very rarely. Anyway, so this hand, I'm in the cutoff, right? I think so. No, you threw the hair out of the blinds. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I was on, in the I was in the small blind. She was on the button. She's on the button. Yeah. Okay. So this hand, a woman who I've played with a few times just like randomly in my few days in LA. Uh, and I, I think she's a very good player. I Probably overly nitty though, based on what you've said. I'm not sure that she's overly nitty. Uh, that's, that's never really been my read. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I think she's just a good player. Anyway, she raises on the button, 30, uh, no straddle, this hand. I make it 120 out of the small blind with ace-queen, with the ace of hearts, queen of diamonds. Not a whole lot to discuss there, in my opinion. Folds to her, and she calls on the quickish side. So the flop is 9-10 jack with two hearts. I don't remember which ones were hearts. Do you? I do. Uh, I remember that it was the jack and the nine of hearts. But I could be wrong, and when we link to this in the show notes. <laughs> but it was definitely heart, black card, heart. I remember the uh, the order being sequential, so I'm almost positive it was the 10 that was black. Okay. Well, I don't think it's a huge difference, but for what it's worth, we think it's a black 10. But there were two hearts. I have the ace of hearts. I decide to go for a check raise here, because I think... She's going to read my check is probably pretty weak and bet a lot of hands. And I, I have a lot of equity, and I think I can get her to fold a lot of one pair and sort of random hands that she just decides to bet to try and win the pot now, thinking that I have a fairly weak range. Yeah, and I really like this check raise here. Like, ace-queen is a good quality hand to check raise because... You're not really mad at all if it checks through. You have a hand that can improve a lot. That's good, you know, sometimes now. And, yeah, I think this is just, like, one of our top candidates, if not maybe our best candidate for check-raise bluffing. Yeah, I, I agree. So she did bet, and she bet 100 into, like, 250. And I actually think, like, I, was, I would expect her to bet bigger on this board because it's so draw-heavy. And I did think about flatting because it's just such a good price. And I have to follow through with my plan. And I made it 290. Uh, what do you think about the sizing? And do you think I should have just flatted? 
Um, before we talk about flatting, which is honestly something I didn't consider, because uh, I, I forgot what the, the sizing was for this hand until you just brought it up. I think you should be raising bigger here, you know? Like, you're making it a little bit under 3x her size, but, like, the pot is... The pot now is 350, so I, I just think you have to you have to make it bigger here. I prefer a raise of between, like, 350, 425. I, I agree, and I have a bad habit of, like... I just sort of picked up two $100 chips and went from there, not wanting to, like, go reach back for more for whatever reason, and it's just a leak, and I... So I obviously made it, like once I had picked up 200, I decided to make it about as big as I could uh, with That's just funny. the two chips. Yeah. I, but I should have just reached back and got more. And I, I think one, 400 is a good size in here. So just a little aside, I, I typically just always know my bet size when I pick up the chips. Is that, is that something that you do sometimes or is it like... Well, I think I would normally make it about 3x here, but we're just a little bit too deep. You know, in a three-bed pot, like, normally stacks are a little shallower, you can have a lot of leverage with a smaller bet. And so I was thinking, like, 300 range, and I picked up 200, and then just kind of felt sheepish and put out 290, and, yeah, I, I regret it. It might... <laughs> uh, ironically, it worked out great, but not... I mean, not great. Well, well you'll see. To the listeners, uh, you will find out what happened, and... Sorry if I'm giving it away. Uh, anyways, yeah, I, I agree. It should be a larger sizing. and I normally do have my bet size in mind, but I realized a little bit too late about an adjustment I needed to make for this game, and I didn't make it. So she calls. And Do you notice any physical tells here? So she's directly on my right, and I didn't have a great view of her. I'm in seven seat, she's in the sixth seat. I honestly have this weird thing where, like, I try not to, like, stare at women the way I stare at men because I feel like women get stared at a lot at the poker table and I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable. I also have observed her before and haven't found her to be particularly a tellbox. So, yeah, I wasn't really looking at her. Just because for, for, what, for what it's worth to add just a little bit of interesting stuff to the hand, I was, I was watching her very carefully. Uh, in this hand, uh, no surprise. <laughs> I mean, I, I, am the same way. I like definitely stare at women at the poker table less than I would uh, if they were men, because I feel like they're stared at too much in life and at the poker table especially. Uh, but in big pots, or if I'm in a hand with them, there's no, no special treatment. Yeah, and uh, I did know she did call on the fair, on the quick side. That was what I did notice. Yeah, so she called on the quick side, but what I noticed is like. Her eyes were going kind of crazy. Her like neck was pulsing, and her like face was like shaking, like really, really violently, but in a really small way. Uh, and I just noticed, like, wow, she has like a lot going on. It's like, oh my god, like he raised me. Oh my god, what am I gonna do? And and I I read that as like, holy shit, he's raising me in a spot where he just like shouldn't be raising me, and I don't want to deal with it with his hand. Or like, I have like a nutted hand, and what am I gonna do? Obviously, you didn't know that at the time. Yeah. I'm just like just just adding that in. That's interesting. I normally read that as strength, like just a lot of movement uh, as strength. Particularly if she called, like it's hard for her to have like a ton of like draws that she's slow playing. And I don't think this would be that 
that horrible of a decision with like a set, I think you would probably just call. Yeah, I think in the spot when you're really deep in position, like you could really kind of justify either way, you know? Like basically all of your sets and your straights, like I can see a case for, for flatting all of them. Like obviously if you're flatting them 100% of the time, you're making a mistake. But, you know, on a hand-by-hand -hand basis, like there there's much better arguments for flatting in this spot versus if, you know, there's just a pot-sized bet left behind and then you're just letting the check raiser, like, realize their equity or not. Yeah. Well, speaking of realizing my equity, I did not on the turn. The turn was a blank. I don't even remember what it was. You probably do. Yeah, I, I'm almost positive it was a four, but yeah, I'm, I'm, four I'm not, minutes, yeah, I'm not sure. yeah. And, but it doesn't really matter. It was a blank. I bet... 675, I think. Do you like this bet? I don't really like this bet. Just in that, like, if we think about what her range is on the flop, this is just, like, a very a very safe card for that range, whether it's, like, over pairs, maybe, like, queen jack, her nutted hands that she happened to flat, and then, you know, I mean, it's not good for draws, I guess, you know? It's not good for her, like, lower heart draws, or maybe her, like, pair of eights, or sorry, yeah, pair of eights exactly. But I just, I just think you just don't really have that much fold equity against her, or her range on on this runout. Do you think she's folding like ace jack on the flop? I think she's probably calling with ace jack on the flop. Um, I think, I think in terms of what you're getting to fold on this turn, like that's like the prime candidate, like one pair hands like I think aces kings and queens are all calling like I think you get ace jack she has those very often I think she's forbidding them oh good point good point yeah yeah that and that definitely changes things she might also I think she's raising a lot of her nutted hands on the flop maybe not all of them but I, I think it's reasonable for her to call or raise with sets and straights as we mentioned so I felt like I had good fold equity against any one pair hand that she had called with, like king jack, ace jack, queen jack, maybe like queen ten, but I'm blocking that. I don't know if that bets the flop. Like, I, I don't think she's betting everything. I think she would definitely check back hands like queen ten. So, I don't know. I'm a little torn. Um, I'm always rattling a heart. Yeah. I mean, what do you think about the double check raise? Oh, that's right. I actually, that was my plan if it was a heart, was to check shove, which, yeah, I think that would have been a lot of fun. Because <laughs> uh, I, I think I can get her to fold almost everything. Um, maybe not like king-queen with the king of hearts. Or Pro like, probably not. <laughs> no, but I think even that should be pretty sick. Of course, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I would have checked shove, not a heart. So I don't know. I don't know. What I, do you think I about check shoving this, this turn card, though? I think not... Well, for one, I think not barreling this is, like... On the exploitative side, I have so much value that I'm going to want to be betting here. Because from the small blind, I'm... I'm raising every, like, Eww. set combo, every king-queen. So... Every 7-8, too. Every 7-8, although... Suited. Suited. Yeah, yeah. I probably would have led 7-8. Um, yeah. I also would have led some of my other value hands. And if she thinks I'm going to lead all, most of my value hands and, like, my check-raise small-sizing is always, like, weak, I think that's that's a possibility. And I think that's a, that's a reason to maybe just slow down here. But I don't know. I, I think it's close. She shoved for 
like an, a slight overbet, I think. But I, I mean, I obviously wasn't that concerned with, you know, was it a pot size bet more or less? I just folded because I definitely don't think I have the equity to call here. Well, let's talk about the check raise on the turn for a second. Like, do you think there's any merit to doing that on this card? I think I think on a heart it makes a ton of sense. No, I think it's too risky. I need to get a lot of folds. And I, I think I just have a lot. Like, my leverage holding the ace of hearts on a three-heart board is just so much higher than, like, my leverage. Like, she has plenty of nuts here or, like, sets that she's never folding. Especially, like, when she if she puts in a bet on the turn... So I just, I think I have too little fold equity unless a heart comes and I can get her to fold some of, some straights that she might bet uh, on the turn. And if it, if I got a heart and then a blank on the river and a check on the turn, I would just, just open, rip it. So I don't, I don't think I should be check raising on this, this board very often. You know, I, I don't think you should be either. I just wanted to kind of hash it out for the, for the listeners yeah. because I think it's just I think it's important to be thinking about spots, especially against better players when you're playing higher stakes, where you're protecting your checking range and putting people in tough spots with check raises. Yeah, I just have, I have this weird like fetish for just like having the ace of the suit on like a three flush board and just getting to like fucking. Sorry, uh, we never we don't normally say the f word on our podcast, but I say it a lot in real life. Jack's getting pretty hot and bothered with the. Uh... Think, the thinking, thinking about the nut blocker. I have a fetish for just the nut blocker. Yeah, but that's so much. That nut blocker is so much more fun than like having like a pocket pair that like blocks the nut straight, but there's still like eight combos floating out there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Anyway, I don't know. I, I think this is one where like the in-depth analysis will actually be pretty revealing. We haven't had one of those hands in a while. It's been pretty straightforward, I think. Uh, our last few episodes, but yeah, I'm I'm curious about this one. Uh, yeah, I'm curious too because my initial reaction after hearing that Jack was, you know, bluffing in this spot was just that he probably shouldn't be just for exploitative reasons because this player was playing fairly tight uh, and because of her reactions on the flop. But like, I can definitely like if she's folding most of her one pair hands on the turn. I imagine it's probably a correct barrel, so I'm curious to see what you come up with there. We'll see. Yeah, I was playing with her at the Commerce 510 yesterday before she moved to 1020, and like right when we sat down, so she, I, we played very briefly on Live at the Bike. I got in towards the end of the session on Tuesday, and she turned a pair into a bluff against me in a pretty, a pretty solid spot. And then yesterday at the Commerce, she opened like her first five hands at the table, and then just like way quieted down. And so, I, I mean, I think it was just mostly the product of variance, but you know, anyone who opens five hands in a row probably isn't playing so, so tight. So yeah, I think like you were probably a little bit biased by her being somewhat card dead in tonight's session. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. But yeah, respect to her game. I can't remember her name. You probably do, but uh, if you're listening, you own me. All right. Well played. Thanks, Zach. Uh, Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you soon.